just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back, just dishing it, the 68th edition, if I sound like crap, I'm sorry, my allergies have been smoking me the past few days, Derek, what's going on, how are you buddy? Not much, just at the studio again, it's uh, another beautiful week, nice weekend of recovery uh, on the holiday, but yes. uh, yeah, can't complain. No sir, hope everyone had the good fourth, all our friends up in Canada. Happy Canada Day. Hope you all enjoyed the holiday there, too. Um, but, yeah, uh, our guest this week, friend of the program, been on before on a bit of a time crunch. So we're just going to get right to it. As you can see, though, Tudor is missing prior engagement. I know Tudor is kind of the, the number one on this podcast. You know, the fans love him the most. So I'll, I will fill in as best as I can. I know Derek will. But everyone loves when Derek gets to partake in the interview. We don't get it enough. It's a treat. It's a treat tough when you get to get in there. Tough shoes to fill, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, with, with no further delay, let's bring in our guest this week, uh, second time on the show, Jace Howerluck. Jace, thanks for joining us, man. How are you, man? Hello, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to be back. Yeah. So you, you back in Manitoba, are you? Back home? Yeah, back at my uh, my house in Manitoba. I live in Brandon during the summer. So this is uh, this is where I train. and. And yeah, spend the summers here. Got a lot of family and friends around this area, so it's it's nice to come home. Yeah, man. How long have you been back? <clears throat> I think about two and a half months now, because the season over in uh, Europe ends a little earlier than right. Yeah. Yeah, for a little while now. So yeah, I've had some time to, to yeah see a lot of family and friends, and it's been, it's been nice, and you know get a little head start on the training, um, you know, compared to to the usual when you're in North America. So yeah, and plenty of time for golf too. I'm sure, right? Yeah, man, I uh, I love golf. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I do remember that as we were starting that we talked a little golf uh, the first time we had John. But in the full full thick of things here, playing my favorite course around here on Friday, Derek playing Terry Hills, playing twenty seven. It's gonna be a day. It's a great yeah. one. That's a very nice one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Jace. I mean, what's the training regimen looking like? Kind of what's what's the plans going into next year? Yeah, I'm not too sure what the plans are yet. I'm a free agent currently, so um, yeah, not signed anywhere. So uh, that's just a little up in the air right now. But as for the the training regiment, um, I pretty much train Monday to Friday. Um, you know, I skate usually two to three times a week, maybe sometimes more. We have a we got a good group of uh, pro, pros around the area that uh, we usually do like a little four on four and maybe five on five if if we got enough guys that come out. Uh, so yeah, you know, mix that in along with the skating and uh, and lifting. So and then you add golfing. So it's it's pretty busy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy. Uh, you know, I love the summers. Um, you know, they're they're a lot of fun. So, but yeah, it's it's usually a pretty busy week. Yeah. So how was the experience in Sweden for you? Because obviously, last time we talked, for those that don't remember, you were in the midst of a of a stint there with Vancouver. Um, I believe you were on a road trip in Edmonton. We got you from a hotel room there, but. Uh, how how did it go in Sweden? Did you like it over there? I mean, we've we've had a few different European players on too, guys that have played over in Europe, North Americans, and uh, a lot of overlap as far as like the differences and stuff. But it's still interesting to hear everyone else's perspective. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was really a great experience. Um, you know, that was my first time actually playing and living over in Europe, so um, there's just so much uh, you know 
things that are that are different than what you're used to. Um, one being just the culture. Um, you know, it's just a lot different than me where I was in, in northern Sweden. Um, you know, it's just a quieter culture. Um, people kind of keep to themselves and you know mind their own business and you know, very friendly for for the most part and all that's that's good. But it's just it's a lot different than what I'm used to back home in Canada. So um, you know, just the culture shock and then where I like I, Sweden, the hockey's awesome man you know i i'd compare it to to the american hockey league but i'd say just maybe a little more skill and, and better skaters just because you know playing in europe you gotta be able to skate it's just that ice surface is so big yeah. and the possession game so um I, i'd say that's just the biggest difference but um you know the i guess the you know there's always pros there's always cons and i say the biggest con for myself was um you know where i played i was up in Sleftia, sweden which is in the northern part of sweden and nothing against Sheleftia, lots of really great restaurants. People are great. The fans were absolutely incredible. But it's just the, the living. Um, you know, being in northern Sweden, you're, you know, you're right on the Arctic Circle there. So I think for about three or four months, we were getting like three, max four hours of sunlight a day. And that's fun. That's just gray skies, boys. And then, you know, come two o'clock, it's, it's pitch black out. Like you'd think it's 11 at night. So I think that just kind of, you know, messes with you a little bit. And I, yeah. you know, I've down there and uh you know thank god i have a dogs because it would have been tough a lot of the guys girlfriends weren't even there the whole year just because it's tough you know when we're away we get to go on road trips we get to go to stockholm and do all that all that stuff so for us it, it may not seem as bad but when you're stuck there and to go to stockholm it's like a nine-hour drive but you're not doing those on the roads because they're just so bad and then yeah. i mean you fly so it's just i'd say that's just probably was the biggest comp for myself it's just because i would not it's not what i'm used to right i come we come from you know, getting a lot of sunshine and, and you don't realize until you don't get none, you know, how important <laughs> yeah. and how much it can really, you know, mess with the person. So other than that, man, it was, it was really a great experience. Um, yeah, I, uh, I had lots of fun, you know, made lots of good friends and yeah. Trust me, we get that from living in Buffalo. It's grace guys here a lot, honestly. So yeah, it's somewhat relatable. It is relatable. I get that. It is, you know, a day when you get a, a blue sky is like, you know, you're, you're, that was our sunshine in Sweden, bro, Grace, guys. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that just lights out, boys, I swear. Like, it's something that you got experienced to, to believe it. So, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Lots, lots and lots and lots of snow. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. And it's yeah. probably, like, just, like, bitter cold, too, and wind. Yeah, you're, like, pitch, you're like pitching ledge distance from the Arctic Circle up there. Like, yeah. I got to imagine. I grew up in Manitoba, so like cold was never really an issue. Like we're in Manitoba, man, we get like minus forty, some okay. minus fifty wind chills. So like, kind of used to the cold. But you know, it was definitely cold. But uh, I was used to a little bit cold. It was just for me, it was just you know the the lack of daylight that was you know the hardest part. Um, you know, but yeah, vitamin D is important, man. Need important. it. Yeah, need it. A lot so, of that uh, life therapy. So. A lot of guys have red light therapy in their houses and it just helps. It's, you know, boost your mood, you know, keeps your levels up because you got to go play hockey. Right? You want to be, you know, in the best mindset and, you know, feeling good because we're pro athletes and you got to take care of your body. So it's just, it's an important part. Um, so if, yeah, definitely found it helped a lot. Did you pick up any new tricks as far as like diet or, you know, what you ate as far as like other things to help with, you know, your body, your, your brain even too, to keep you performing at the highest level, you know, with like the culture shock and, you know, experiencing Europe a little bit, definitely mm -hmm. something I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. So that's a good question. I, for me, you know, I, I got a pretty strict routine, I'd say on game days. 
when I'm back in North America. So I just try to, you know, emulate that and, and eat the same stuff I'm used to eating. But that's not always easy, obviously, when you're on the road. So and, and there's a little different in Sweden. So they eat at like one o'clock or like 12, sometimes even like 1130. And then they eat another big meal at four on a game day at seven. So when I was in North America, I was always used to just eating that one meal and then like having a snack if you'd like around 430. So I'd have a big meal around like 130 and then, you know, shut it down and get ready to go. So showing up to a lot of the hotels guys would have Aiden and I'd just be sitting around for like an hour just waiting to eat because my regimen was so different but <laughs> well, I was just trying to keep that intact because I you know that's where I feel the best out there and I want to perform my best so and then some road trips if they're a little shorter I would I would just cook my own meals at home and and bring them in but you know at our at our rink we had a restaurant above and the guys would always eat their pregame and stuff there but I usually would just go home stick to my routine stick to what I feel the best on just because you know, lasagna is some, not something like I would eat before a game, but that's, you know, you know, pretty common thing around there, at, you know, eating. It. So it's just try, try to, you know, stick to what you feel makes you good. And that's just kind of what I did, man, because it's definitely different. Did they have any cuisine over there? I know you brought up lasagna, but did they have anything they ate where you were just like, no chance I'm even trying that or just anything like wacky that was just kind of like, whoa, for you? Did you have um, any of those? Yeah, man, honestly, the biggest woe for me would be the Christmas meal they had. So I'm, I'm Ukrainian, so I'm used to, you know, cabbage rolls, pierogies, um, turkey, stuff, all that sort of stuff, yeah. you know. That's me. But for them in Swedish, it's so different, dude. Like, they might have had, like, 15 different options of, like, these seafood dishes that were, some were just, like, cold, like, herring, like, raw, like, just, like, weird dishes that I was just, boy and they're like yeah dinners and stuff and i was like oh that's i don't think i would look forward to that but maybe their taste buds are different and that's what they're used to up there so um yeah dude but for me no i uh no i uh i missed my ukrainian supper this year that's for sure yeah but they're just they're just conditioned differently from the get-go as you know oh yeah you know but yeah no i was just you know more curious i guess like i guess the biggest difference of you know making the change from North America to, you know, the European league, um, you know, besides your regiment and everything like that, you know, I guess play style, like, did you have to change up your play style or anything like that? You know, um, you know, with mm-hmm. the bigger ice surface, as you mentioned before, like, you know, did you, you know, take on a different role, you know, and, you know, or did you just kind of stick to your guns basically? Yeah. So I always try no matter what role and stuff I'm in, I always try to just like, play play fast play physical like because i know when i'm doing that like no matter what role i'm in i'm gonna you know feel good and start to you know produce and you know be an impact player but obviously going over to sweden um you know i was definitely more relied on i played in that top six role power play um you know got some pk uh four and four three on three obviously those are roles that i i was never um, given when I played in the NHL. So um, to be able to to be that guy again and, like, be counted on to, like, obviously make big plays or score big goals, um, it was nice, man. Obviously, you know, all guys want to produce and, and score for the most part if that's what they do and that's their type of role. Um, for me, that has been a role in my life in junior and then even when I went to the American League, like, I was given those opportunities and, and you know, you always want to do the best with the opportunity. So when I made the steps to the NHL, I was just it was I was always that 
third, fourth line, like, um, you know, try and give the team energy, you know, play solid hockey, two-way hockey. Uh, it's something I always pride myself on, but something that's very, very important at the next level, which I completely understand when you're playing with the best players in the world. So, um, and which I'm fully, you know, enjoy that role and like being that guy because, you know, every team needs those guys to, to be successful. You look at Colorado this year and just that the they hadn't, and it's just, that's why they're so hard yeah. to play. Yeah. And obviously, awesome. But so that was just the biggest thing, switching back to, to being that player because it had been a while since I was playing in those positions and those, given those opportunities. So adjusting to that and then, yeah, man, would like to answer your question about the game style it's it's definitely completely different than what i was used to so i'm used to like you know making quick plays making hard plays and you know say get the puck in the corner like i'm looking like usually go low to high try and beat my d-man to the net like play a little bit of a grittier but still skill game make plays right but there dude you just got so much time that like sometimes i found myself like making a quick play and i'm like ah man i definitely could have held that for a few seconds and maybe even made some plays myself which was something that was hard to break that habit at first because like my muscle memory from from like the years prior of like being in that role i was just so used to like just being a player that doesn't take a whole lot of risk because you know i'm not able to my leash obviously isn't as long and i want to be a guy that the coach can count on and make you know smart reliable plays and like play hard so um i was just given a little bit more freedom to like try and do things myself which I found myself definitely starting to do more of. I wish I would have been able to like break the habits earlier. Um, but no, once I was able to do that, I was definitely just feeling more confident um, every game. Um, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't giving the puck away quick or making that play that usually would. I would like kind of wait, hold it, and then maybe even take it to myself. And, and I actually was able to like start, I found creating way more opportunities just by holding it myself because there's just that much ice. So that was definitely, you know, it was hard to adjust, but I was able to, I feel like by the end of the year, you know, kind of get the hang of it and trying to get and kind of get that style down. So, um, you know, it's definitely, definitely fun, man. I enjoy, obviously, oh, you want to play, man. I'm, I always want to play. I always want to be in those situations that you, you're counted on. So it was nice to, to be that guy again and, and, and play more. So. Yeah, it's probably weird going from like, you know, growing up, obviously, like, you know, being at that elite level and always being like one of the better ones on your teams, you know, growing up, obviously, just because, you know, there's so many few and far guys that actually make it to that level. And then you get to that level and then you go and take more of a backseat, you know, role, whereas like you're just more of a team guy rather than a counted on guy that you grew up like knowing for so long, obviously. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, it's and I think some guys do with that because you're you know you're always been that you're always used to being that skill guy that top six guy like and then you know you can't crop you can't crack that top six because they're just so good at the next level so mm -hmm. what are you gonna do to make that roster still because obviously you know you still want to play so i think just being able to add different elements to your game allows you to do that so that's something i've always just tried to work on i've always just tried to be a complete player um and always working on my game you know working on the D zone just as much as the O zone because that's just so important nowadays. So, but uh, yeah, so it definitely is a tough uh, adjustment for some. It's probably nice also not having to, uh, you know, get the puck and pick your head up and think that there's a, you know, 250 pound dude coming to run you every two seconds kind of thing. You can yeah. actually step back and assess the like, game that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I found that out the hard way against uh, Colorado. Three boys, <laughs> three boys have seen that hit. So, um, 
has that are that happens, man. You know, (laughs) yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, you still obviously got to be aware. There's still some guys that definitely lay the body out in Sweden. Um, Definitely not as much. Um, There's no fighting, right? So I didn't see one fight all year. I think there was one. Peter Holland jumped a guy and absolutely. KO'd him because guys are used to in Sweden just wrestling, dude. It's like this thing where after a whistle, if you get into a tussle, you're either kind of throwing with your mitts on or it's chokeholds. So a lot of guys are used to <laughs> it's just what it is. So a guy in Sweden in Zurhagen, he goes in there and he's you know wrestling and like pushing around. And Peter Holland, guy comes over from North America, you know, never played there. He's just like okay, this guy wants to just, like, punch me, trying to, whatever. So he just sheds his clubs, thinking the guy would shed his gloves. And I, th- I don't think he really knew too much about, like, the fighting rules and absolutely just feeds this guy, dude, KOs him. Like, you, you can watch it, like, wild. So he gets suspended, like, I think it was, like, five games, fine, oh, like, fine, like, 10 grand. So if you fight, you get suspended, like, three games, and then that's pay. So, I mean, you're losing out on probably, like, five to 10 grand. Um, for a suspension so guys don't fight it's not a thing so I mean I could go out there and I oh I did I mean I ran some guys as hard as I could and had some great hits and no one ever even looked at me I mean <laughs> so, uh, so you just, so it's it's just different right so um, that's got to be nice not having a, a number out you know a, a warning number out you know on the back you know having yeah, you don't have to answer the bell for running a guy it gives you yeah, a little freedom I, I definitely didn't have a worry in my mind when I was out there, uh, you know, finishing checks. That's for sure. It's kind of nice. It's like back to your roots of, you know, back when it was like, you know, juniors and like youth, you know, you just doing whatever you want. You have to worry about it at all. Well, I mean, that would, there's, yeah, that wouldn't fly in the HL or the HL. (laughs) Especially the HL. There's a lot of fighting. I find definitely more. Well, yeah, is that because you just got guys that are looking to prove themselves? Like, what what is it now though with the fighting? Because it's not happening as regularly in the up in the NHL. Like, I just find that interesting. Mm-hmm. No, it is interesting. I think it's a good thing. I think guys definitely are trying to prove themselves, but also they just want to show that they're competitive. There, there's not a lot of stage fights out there anymore. I find. I mean, the yeah, R, but it's mostly after. Either you're battling with your guy, you're going absolutely hard, it's a box out of the net, something, or a massive hit. Like, if you're crushing a guy and it's a bad hit, like, obviously, it's just standard. Like, you're yeah. most – and if it's not – and if the guy doesn't fight, like, you look so bad if you're on the ice and your buddy – you know what I mean? Even if you go in there and just, like, you know, grab him, seat buckle, like, whatever. You know, it's just it's just the nature of the game. And I just – that's something I don't think will ever go, I mean, go away. And I hope it never goes away because that's why we love hockey, right? So, um, yeah. but – uh, it's just, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not as prevalent. I mean, you just you have to be able to play the game now, right? It's just so fast. So, guys, you got to be skilled. You got to be fast. Um, yeah, you got to be able to play. So, it's most guys that are, like, just strictly fighters, like, they still can play. But, I mean, they, they definitely aren't fighting probably more than, like, nine, ten times a year. I don't know what the what, who fought the most this year. I don't know how many it was. but I don't even know either. Not as much as it used to be, that's for sure. No, not even close. No, no. It's, it's crazy because my dad used to play like minor pros and like what ended up te- turning out to be the ECHL, obviously the Atlantic coast. And he said that his first day in camp, his coach literally said, you know, didn't even know these guys and stuff. Like his first day in camp was all right. It was like, all right, you know, turn to your guy to your left, look at him, 
It was like, say your name, introduce yourself, drop the gloves and go at it. Literally <laughs> like fight your teammate, like literally like get, get ready for it. Yeah. He was, he was told every single night, if you do, if you, if you were going to play every single night, expect every single night to get into a fight at some point, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. There, there's some different animals out there. And I mean, that's something I would, you know, never look forward to is just knowing you're going to fight when you you're going to the rink. So but I mean, some guys are different animals, man. Some guys that, are also, that was also hockey back in like the eighties, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, like it was a different, whole different beast. It was basically wrestling on ice back then. You know, yeah. Just go watch Unrivaled. You'll you'll see what it's like. Mm-hmm. No, that was so good, wasn't it? How fucking good was that thing? I forgot how bad it was. Like I was really young when I was watching. I was in first grade when that was going on, basically. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. even younger than that, actually. Wow, just bananas. Just bananas is right. Just bananas. Yeah. So, Jace, I, another one wanted to ask you. So, three ice. How's that been? How'd you get involved with that? How do you like it so far? Yeah, so I actually haven't played. Um, oh, okay, you haven't. Yeah, so what happened was, I mean, it kind of got involved during the season. They kind of reached out um, and kind of just explained to me what it was. And I was just in a position where at the end of the year, I was going to be a free agent. So, obviously, unless I signed, I, I wouldn't have agreed to play in it. But I just kind of like the concept of it a little. I think it was, um, it's obviously completely different than your normal game of hockey, um, being three on three and some modified rules and stuff. Um, but I don't know, I just thought it'd be a little fun, something to mix it up the summer. The summers are usually, you know, pretty standard, pretty the same. And I was something where I could just continue to work on my game. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of two on one breakaways, something, you know, game action, man. That's where you're going to get your, your reps and your practice and feeling the best. So, I just thought it was just a good idea just to try and continue to grow my game. And, um, you know, I was excited for it, man. It's just I liked the whole layout, the concept of it. Um, but unfortunately, they couldn't get our Canadian work visas. Um, they, oh, submitted really? them. they submitted them like eight weeks prior to when we were playing. And they said they, was take, they would take two weeks. And the Canadian government every two weeks just said, kept like pushing it back another two weeks and saying oh it's COVID backlog so that lasted right up until the first weekend and the guy felt bad he's like I'll still fly you guys out um you guys can watch but obviously can't play so we flew out I was able to watch it live it's pretty cool man um definitely would have liked to been out there um but then yeah the next week we were hoping it was in and but they didn't fly us out it was in Denver and then and then it wasn't then the next week he just made the call and he's like look like these things I don't think they're coming in like it's now it's almost three weeks into the season like we can't keep waiting because they're still like you know paying us just to be taxi squad and then they had to like recall guys that had been at the camp prior so basically yeah. as that had got cut I guess before we're getting phone calls to come fill places because I think there's quite a few Canadians that were playing in it so um but yeah that's pretty much the gist on that um I think it'll probably be I mean, I think it's doing well, and you know, people are liking it. I don't know if you guys have watched much. Um, it seems like it. There's a guy that scored a highlight goal. He's actually thinking he's my replacement for my team. Uh, it's Brandon, Brandon Hawkins. I think he played in Toledo with TJ Hensick. So TJ Hensick's on my team as well. But he, hmm. yeah, he scored like because like if, you, if the team takes a penalty, it's a it's a breakaway, right? So he had a breakaway, and then he did the spinorama. And then instead of like throwing it, he he did one more rotation and then like tucked it in top shelf. It was pretty sick. It kind I, of thought, like, yeah. I, I saw it. I def- there was some highlights going around. And 
because the reason I saw it too, and I thought it was weird, was that the ref was holding like a camera. Like he was like oh, yeah. skating alongside with a camera. I was like, that's a ref. That's weird. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they, uh, they had like a whole ref. They had two refs and then one just skating around with like a GoPro the whole time. So, oh, okay. So it's more of a cameraman just dressed in a referee's costume. Exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a different concept. It's, it's, you know, they're trying to bring excitement for the, for the fans and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's cool. But, I think that's a good option for like where the three on three is progressing. Cause I know it's kind of starting to slowly run its course in the NHL and like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. it, there's been talks of it getting pulled and stuff and you know what they want to do with it. But I think that's a good option. I think it can just be a full, like on its own league and like treat it like a, like a G league, like how NBA does and stuff like a, a summer league. That same sport with a different twist. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah, man. I think that's what they're trying to do. So, I mean, I think they did a good job. The whole setup seems pretty good. Um, they've got a lot of TV deals. Um, you know, it's not just some small thing. So they've definitely put a lot of effort into it. So it's it was kind of unfortunate that they couldn't get the work visas. I know they were pretty bummed because I think it just would have made the hockey, like, you know, that much better. There's a bunch of good players that were supposed yeah. to be. For sure, it's hard to hard to sell a league without any without any yeah. Canadian players. Honestly, yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably what gave what might have maybe that was the issue too with the work visas because it's a brand new thing and they're like maybe when they're reviewing them they're like you're doing what like mm. yeah I think I pretty much think that was the case dude and I mean it's the government they kind of keep you out of the out of the and they just yeah they yeah they talk to me. government yeah. shit you know what are you gonna do. Yeah, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, maybe something for next summer though, when you're back, yeah, you know, looking, you know. Man, we'll see, yeah, we'll see what happens. So So another thing, I know you and I, you know, months and months ago when we were first talking about doing this again, you know, we got it talking a little crypto and NFT stuff. And I know you were involved with um stuff like that and you were releasing one and I wanted to give you some time to walk through that, how that's going, what your experience has been with that. If you want to talk about that at all. Yeah, man. So it's kind of, I mean, it's definitely released now. Um, but I, there's still, it's still a work in progress. So basically, uh, just one of the projects that I got involved in, it's called locker token. And essentially what they're trying to do is they're just trying to be the gateway for professional athletes overseas, um, North America, wherever you are to be having the cryptocurrency likely a stable coin unless someone wants to get paid and other he can but likely just be like a stable coin tied to the dollar so um it's kind of that's where it started and then obviously there's just so many more aspects to the app um they have an nft um platform right on there where you can buy and sell nfts kind of like a chat venmo system with like like sending crypto i guess um and, and much more, but that's kind of the gist of it. And I just, you know, I like the idea of it, man. I, I, I think crypto's, um, you know, obviously not doing so well right now. And <laughs> um, But I definitely think long-term you look down the road and I think it's it's going to do well. Man. My opinion, I could be definitely wrong, but I'm, that's kind of the side of the fence I'm on. So um, that's kind of why I got involved. I really like just the option of it. Um, and you know, they built this awesome app and it's, you know, everything's turned out well, they're continuing to grow the platform, grow the community. Um, so yeah, it's something that's definitely going to be like a long-term thing that I hope really turns out well. And, and it's just so tough for players to get paid in crypto because you have to go through a third party. Cause in order, if you were to go through a bank, it would just 
it wouldn't work. It would cost a ridiculous amount. So there's just so many loops to go through to get paid. So essentially, they're that third-party platform um, that handles all that. So team, like they already have some teams that are signing up over in Europe um, to be able to play, pay their players, and then fans can buy season tickets as NFTs. And there's just so many different things, man. It's crazy what you can do nowadays. Um, so yeah, I was just yeah, some stuff is definitely over my head. Um, <laughs> kind of like pretty. Yeah, pretty new to, to it all, but uh, you know, I like to learn. I like to try and stay in tune with it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, that's the project that I'm involved in. Um, just kind of like as an ambassador and, and yeah, I guess, yeah, an ambassador. That's so. Um, that's cool. cool. It's cool, dude. But I don't know about you guys. You guys, crypto fans, NFT fans. I'm, I'm not into really the NFTs. I know, I feel like I got in late. I had a buddy reach out to me when I was on Vancouver telling me to buy this board eight thing for like, it was like 3000 at the time. Two. Ah. Picture here for 3000. So you just buy it. I was like, Oh, I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, and I was just kind of, wasn't sold. And I just, I was kind of like, yeah, Skybar. I don't, I just, I didn't understand. And I was like, ah, man, it, whatever. Anyways, like four, three months later, he's like, dude, you should buy one. Really buy one, man. And they're like 12,000. I was like, dude, you're 12,000 now? I was like, I don't think I'm buying one now. It's like, I, th- I was like, I think this is just a quick blossoming thing. It might crash. Like, I don't know. But he was telling me to. Well, sure enough, obviously, I didn't buy one. And obviously, now you guys know what happened with that. It's just been crazy. Yeah. So that, I kind of missed that that bubble a little bit. But I mean, we'll see down the road with the NFTs. Um, lessons learned right it's always like anytime for something like that for me crypto nfts it's like you see one you should buy it's like yeah as soon as i buy it because i'm just a mush as soon as i buy it it's gonna tank and i'm just gonna throw that money away that's i always have that pessimistic thought about it for me that's kind of the yeah that's kind of the thought i had actually at the time but obviously i was wrong right yeah we're we're all wrong right good for him he got he got a board ape sort of cheap pretty much changed his life, man. Like he was into the computer developing anyways. And um, yeah, you got the board ape and held onto it the whole way. And obviously for holding them, you were airdropped another different one that was worth like 40,000. And then another one that was like 20. So like just in airdrops, the ones that he was airdropped are worth like hundreds of thousands now. And then the board ape on top of that. And then they got given the ape coin, which they had like 10,000 ape coin when they released their own coin in crypto. That's how much each ape holder got was ten thousand, and he completely just held on to it. I don't know what it is now, but at one point it was like, um, I think it was like thirty dollars for a coin. So like that's like, I don't know how much this ten thousand coins at thirty out of three hundred lots, yeah, yeah. like lots of money. I was like, holy, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's just, yeah. So so it's definitely life changing, man. It it's changed a lot of people's lives, and good for them, dude. They you know took that risk and it worked out. Um, but it's yeah, it's yeah. It's a scary no. investment. It's I mean, yeah. anything when it's uncharted territory. I mean, but hindsight is always twenty twenty on that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, what what are you gonna be able to you know? What are you but, gonna do? That's why Le- I mean, lessons learned. That's yeah, it. you get in early on on a project like lockers and stuff, and could uh, end up possibly changing your life, kind of thing. And uh, but I think that's a really cool you know cool idea. I like the idea of like not sole. 100% on NFTs just like as a collectible but I like when they're applied to something like purchasing season tickets as yeah. that or something like that or like memorabilia sports memorabilia or experiences and stuff like that I think there's something in there that's really valuable too 
Exactly, dude. And I think that's why I kind of really like the aspect of Locker Token is, um, you know, there is players were allowed to uh, create NFTs. So say a guy had a highlight reel goal or something cool happened during the game, you're able to put that up as an NFT through the app, through the Locker Token app and people can buy it with either a Locker Token or whatever, or you can sell it. So it's just, it's, it's cool, man. People like that. Fans like that. They like the interaction. Um, it's awesome, dude. It's I love it. Um, I know, you know players love it, fans love it, and, and you can just think about how crazy it is in places in Europe for socks for soccer and that sort of thing, man. They're, people are diehard fans, dude. It's, yeah, I was, uh, was going to ask you, like, what's the, like, vibe over in Europe with, like, the NFT side of things? Because, like, obviously we only know about it over here, and people, I'd say, are pretty 50-50 over here about it. Like, some think it's a scam and some are totally on board kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely would be, probably be on, like, not on board side i think most like from when i was there most swedes are they're pretty like uh traditional they're, they're smart traditional they're like don't take a lot of risk and i think it's just something that like yeah dude, i think people kind of they question it they like to do their research and that sort of thing so um yeah i think they'd be on that the other side of things but there's there's still people definitely that obviously are like oh yeah that's cool like yeah i want to get involved for sure but it's definitely probably the the latter yeah Thanks. Makes sense. I mean, it seems like Europe is always like more slower and traditional. Like they take their time to get to things like want to feel out the waters and like, whereas North America is like the risk takers and like get rich quick kind of thing. And they just apply the model from what we did pretty much. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I see it too. So but it worked for a lot of people. So good for them. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, 10, 20 years where all of it goes, what it looks, I mean, shit, even the next five years. Right. But it's definitely something while I, I mean, I have like, I have shares of Bitcoin, um, you know, minor shares of that, but like, I don't own a whole coin, but at the same time, it's something where it's like, I kind of have my foot in the water where I'm just, I pay a little bit of attention. It's not something I just like dismiss right away. So I'm, I'm in the middle, I would say for the most part on it. I'm just, it, nothing's really like convinced me just mm-hmm. yet to, well, I think it's it's kind of a tough time right now. I don't think a lot of people have been paying too much attention or like giving it the time of day, obviously, because of just the state of the world right now with everything kind of just in a little bit of a, a slump. So, right. but that's good to, that's good. I mean, it's just nice to be a little bit knowledgeable on things and stay in the loop and, you know, you can know about things and not get into them too. So um, yeah. that's how I've seen it. So, <clears throat> yeah. So what, so what about your personality, Jace? This is one thing I wanted to ask you. I mean, you know, you didn't get to play in the three ice, right? Brand new league, new concept, new rules. Same thing with um, locker token, you know, stuff like that, you know, crypto, NFTs. Like, you seem to be kind of on the forefront of, like, newish things. You're willing to take those those risks. Is, mm-hmm. Have you always been that way? Like, is there just – is it just what you do or do you consciously do those things? Or are you just intrigued and that's how you find out more about them? You just do it. Yeah, I mean, I still like to like do my research and do di- diligence on anything that I'm gonna get myself into. Like, I like to, you know, be informed. But I'm definitely like, I would say on the the side of like risk taker, man. Like, you only live once, sort of motto. That's kind of, like, how I've always been. I've just, you know, I, I, you know, my parents were always, you know, great and and supporting and let me do things I wanted to and all that sort of thing so i've just always had that mindset of you know if, if it's something that i think is cool i believe it it's like you know why not like i might as well like i i, I don't i you know 
can't look back on things and be like, oh, I wish I would have done that. But I'd rather w- look back and, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, try it, whatever, you know. So that's kind of just the, the model I have for, for the most part. But I, I mean, obviously, I'm still going to know what I'm getting myself into. Um, but if it's something that seems, you know, kind of cool and it seems there's no really harm to, to it, it's, you know, why not? Let's give it a shot. I love it. Derek, I kind of cut you off there. What were you going to ask? Oh, no, I was just commenting more on that before, but we, you know, we're moving on to, you know, the next thing I kind of even forgot, honestly, but yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great, you know, great way to go about it, honestly. And like, obviously, yeah, you're taking risks, but you're calculated, right? Like, it's like, you're putting in the effort, the work, the research, you're not doing it blindly, you, get to, you know, get as far in your career as, as you have without, you know, that type of mindset. So I think it definitely, uh, this is true applies to you know your career and how far you've made it and you know your pro pro hockey career and you know everything else outside of hockey as well too yeah dude i appreciate that man what uh so what are you thinking it's like after you know taking a season in europe have your goals shifted overall for the rest of your hockey career are you open to going back there are you mainly looking to stay in north america have you given you know much thought have you reorganized your priorities at all with that yeah so I'm, I'm only 26 right so and a young 26 so um for me i mean obviously my goal is always to play in the nhl and you know leaving north america you know only had been playing in the nhl after i left um you know i feel like i can come back and you know i can help a team and and that's obviously my goal here. I want to play in the NHL. I want to play against the best players in the world. Um, it intrigues me. It excites me, man. Not that, you know, playing in Europe was bad or anything. It's just like I want to be going up against McDavid some nights and having to be on the ice against him. That's cool, man. That's something that I, I love. It's just, you know, the, the, the lifestyle, the NFL, or the NHL, man, it's it's amazing, obviously. I think we covered this last time we talked. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'd love to come back to North America. Um, we'll see what happens here. Um but I definitely, um, yeah, I'd be definitely thrilled to to sign somewhere here, and um, you know, bring uh, and bring something that the team needs because I I feel like I can. So um, well, maybe it'll be Buffalo. <laughs> hey, hey, come on, baby, let's do it. <laughs> no, dude. So I definitely want to come back to North America, though, for sure. Uh, we could fucking use you, that's for sure. Thanks, man. I appreciate no that. doubt about that. We'll get we'll get all the boys in there. We'll get Potterowski in there. We'll get Jason there. It'll be a grand old time. And then I've heard nothing but good things about him. I don't know him personally, but uh, uh, he's a, he's such a beauty. That guy, he is he's they one ended of the up best. Winning the Calder, I think. Again, he he had an incredible year. Good for him. I think he. Uh, I hope he gets a shot somewhere and and you know show us what he can do. So that's always the thing I tell people too. And I'm a bit of a homer, being you know from around here, and he's a Buffalo kid too. But it's like that shows you how hard it is to play in the NHL. Is that a guy like him? just has not gotten like a real shot at it. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy. Puts up what he puts up in the AHL. You just yeah. can't get a sniff of the show. It's wild. It's amazing, dude. Yeah. It's, it's the best league in the world. Uh, for yeah. a reason. When you're given an opportunity, you got to make the most of it because you no, know, not, it's not the same for everyone. It could be, you know, very slim. Yeah. You definitely did. I would say too. the last time you're on, I recall a couple days after you, you popped one in, in, a, in an NHL game too. I absolutely loved that. That was the first dish and bump, I think, the official one. That was the first one. That was amazing. Yeah, I see you got some pretty cool jerseys behind you. I've been waiting to ask you about this. The, the Solani, I thought I saw Bobby Orr, the jersey collector too. This is Solani's rookie of the year. 
uh, signed jersey. Oh my god! Ninety-three. This is Bobby Orr signed. This is one of my when we won U18 in Canada, and then I got a limited edition North America date McDavid. Then I got I got a couple getting framed. Um, I got a couple getting framed right now, and then I've got a Gordie Howe in here uh, signed. Oh Howe. man! And then this is one of my favorites. He's a good buddy of me, uh, mine, Marner's camo jersey. Little oh, concert. oh, that's awesome for me. And then yeah, here's Schlefty and one with all the boys signed on it. I got some Vancouver. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I like to collect jerseys. It's it's a hobby of mine. So yeah, Jace, I mean, Jason, the funnel guy, would get along quite well, Tristan. Yeah, I mean, Derek. Uh, oh yeah, for big sure. jersey guy. That guy. Yeah, jerseys are awesome. I have so many jerseys too. Like my most recent one, I just got. I, I had to get a uh, friend of the program. Uh, AJ Galanti, uh, Danbury oh. Trashers. Yeah, I got a, I got a, Gret- <laughs> I got a Gretzky Trashers jersey recently. That's my most recent one. So, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always like that was my in middle school. Like that was my my go to. Like, was a hoodie, a hoodie, and a hockey jersey over top of it. That was always that was the go to outfit. Pretty never much. a winter jacket. You don't nope. want to have to worry about the jacket. Always got to be ready for road hockey after. Yeah, sure. that's right. Not wrong there. Yeah. Oh, Jace, look, man, I appreciate the time so much, bro. This was awesome catching up with you. I know you got a game tonight. You want to get your meal in and everything. Thanks so much for making the time. Uh, you know, till the next time, we'd love to do it again as always. But thank you so much for making the time, bro. Really appreciate it. It's always a treat talking to you. Of course, fellas. I always enjoy coming on and, and shooting the shit. So uh, no, it's nice seeing you guys again. We'll do it again here. So you guys yeah, absolutely, take care. Man. You, you as well, man. Good luck. Have a rest of your day, and, and yeah, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, yeah absolutely, bro. Thank you. See you, brother. See you later. Always a treat having Jace join us. Love talking with that guy. Always gets you going. Such a humble dude, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. knows what he's got to do. Knows how he's got to get after it. Love, love, love the the McDavid, you know, placement in there. You know, a, a real, real recognized, real hot, you know, Canadian couple. Yeah. Of, some respect for some fellow Canadian hockey players out there. I thought it was funny too. It's, I saw that too, and I was like, yeah, the the drive he has. Where I I don't think it's just like, uh, oh, McDavid, he's amazing up there, right? I think that's like, no, I want to, I want to no, be playing against him. Yeah, no, I think he's really just like, I mean, just through and through. It seems like he's just like. Everyone wants to strive to be him, no matter what. I mean, even if older, you want to go up against the best, man. You got, yeah. You want to be the best. You got to go up against the best. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. I that was a great interview. Um, did we have anything else that we wanted to bring up? You know, because normally we like we keep the guests on the whole time, but we didn't want to take up. Uh, we don't want to eat into the pregame meal time for Jay, so we had yeah. to pop off at about forty. But anything no. that has happened that. Anything big? I'm sure there's stuff we're not thinking of, but nothing that I can think of. I mean, Joey Chestnut just putting down the absolute body yesterday. Oh my protest, god, that, that was protester. that was the most one of the most American things I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, just a little protester, and I couldn't even reel. Did it say something Mansfield Death Star? I don't. Some shit? I don't I fucking know. A Darth Vader mask? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know what these people Rick do. Are, they need Rick a fucking hobby. But I, I'm still impressed that Joey Chestnut. On a broken broken foot. On crutches, dude. On crutches. Guy comes up, 
he tried to break his neck yeah, too. and he literally stops with just eating he's i mean you got to be in like you got to be in the zone when you're in those things like, yeah you got to be focusing i mean it can't be any easy feat and no he literally just like stops puts this guy in, in an absolute chokehold and literally looked like he was about to kill him the guy with the back, goes right back to eating hot dogs. The like, commentator like, guy too. I knew he was like a ball of energy, but he came flying up there to give up some backup too. Yeah, I mean, it's, stayed on the whole time oh, as well. Yeah. Couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. No, yeah, that was that was definitely something to see. Um, I did bet on the hot dog eating contest yesterday. Uh, so did you hammer Joey? Um, it was on Prize Picks. Uh, so it was weird props. It was um, hot dogs eaten per minute. So I didn't know hmm. like how to judge and the lines were like really weird. So I figured it was like an over under, like, cause it was like, so they had Joey Chestnut at seven and a seven and a half hot dogs eaten per minute or something like that. So I figured hmm. he just had to eat over 75 roughly. Like that's what I figured, but, For they, total, okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they actually did take it down and measured out like how oh, many no hot dogs eaten per minute. Yes. And they did, they did have, um, Buffalo Legend uh, Megabyte Ronnie on there. Nice. Yeah. So love to see. I didn't. I the only thing I really saw, to be quite honest, was the fucking just the the dummying of this protester, whatever you. Oh was doing. yeah. No, I just wanted to. <clears throat> I, I did see Portnoy did also like um, refund any uh, Joey Chestnut overs because he said that it was ridiculous that the man had his uh, his uh, focus you know taken off like that so yeah oh that's that's what dave portnoy does he's a man of the people what he does um there was one other thing i wanted to bring oh quick shout out mr mike greer former buffalo saber legend i would say an absolute beauty that guy gets a kick in the front office the new general manager of the san jose sharks that is that's awesome but one of the most likable guys from those teams, you know, the, from our childhood, I would was say. very like, happy when they brought him back. Was very, yes. very happy. That was amazing, dude. He, it was always exciting when he'd get on the ice, too. I mean, just an all-around player, really. He could do pretty much anything. Play with, play on any line for the most part and in his prime, too. Grittier, a grittier Wayne Simmons, I'd say. You know, oh, yeah. Especially like, in that era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he was – he was great, you know, um, and, you know, congrats, you know, for being, you know, first African-American, you know, GM too, you know, you know, breaking barriers and everything, mm-hmm. you know, that's awesome. that's awesome. That's good for him. And I saw that hiring and I was like, no way, that's great. You know, that's yeah. really cool. Cause I didn't even know he was like gunning for the position. I didn't even know that he was actively trying to be a GM and has he been front office anywhere? Is he, what's he been? I don't know. I thought he was coaching in the junior ranks somewhere, but I think he must have been in the front office somewhere in junior ranks. Quite the hiring and quite the step up to, you know, to, uh, to get that position. That's for sure. So yeah, good for him. Wish him the best of luck. And I I hope he, uh, hope he can, you know, get San Jose out of their slump. Cause I always, I always loved, loved, you know, I I loved watching San Jose in the playoffs and stuff and go far and everything, you know. Um, I got to imagine that'd be a cool place to play too, because there's not like another major sports team there for the most part. Like playing playing uh, professional hockey in California is never anything to complain about. Yeah. I wouldn't say so. Aside from traffic, but I bet up in San Jose, it's not nearly as bad as fucking LA. So, not. And I, you know, with, you know, your, 
your lovely professional sports income, I would hope that you can strategically it's just pick, fine. strategically pick how far you live from your uh, your workplace and uh, somewhat get uh, a little bit easier uh, drive. Absolutely. Um, draft is coming up though this week. Yes. We will be releasing this technically on draft day. Um, yep. We'll have a full breakdown next week too. Yes, that is the plan, nice. folks. Which will be very nice. That'll be fun. Um, won't reveal who that is just yet, but uh, I'm sure the us. folks are going to have a good idea of who that's going to be. But yep. yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm very excited for a three for three Sabers picks in the first round. Hey, well, you never know, buddy. I hope they shop one. I really do. I hope they do too, but I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. I, it's. I just think for what we need right now. I think three first-round draft picks is a little excessive. I think you can shop one of those picks and get something. We need a goalie. A little bit, a little bit more immediate. Yeah, mm-hmm. we need a goalie. So um, I wouldn't be wouldn't be mad if we throw in a first for um, who is trying to uh, get. Oh, Gibbs. Maybe maybe a nice first-round draft pick for. Uh, Gibson out in Anaheim, possibly. I mean, he's not I, really worth it. But in order to move a goalie like see, that, I think he, I think you could argue he is, but I don't think he's coming. If he's moving, no, he's gonna, he's gonna go to a contender. He's been on no, shit I, I teams know. for a while. I'm just, and based on what Adams has said too, I don't think that's that contract or that term is something he's looking. No, it for sounds him. like they're gonna just spend a lot of money because they have it. So, yeah. Huso is what they had seen. I had seen. So, I wouldn't mind that one at all. Do a little bridge deal with him to where he can still sign a bigger ticket if he plays well. It can work for both parties. We get to have someone come in, experienced, good pro with and, and, Levi when he oh, makes the we, jump. And now, we forgot to mention that Craig Anderson is back for another year. Too. Craig Anderson is back. That so, was that's another little, big one. So a little less. I mean, hey, uh, Vili Huso. Craig Anderson, a little bit of UPL would not be a ma- you know a bad three piece there. No, not at all. It's just the thing where it's. I love me some Craig Anderson, right? It's just he's old. That's just the fact. He's older. He can't, can't play, play that yes, many you games. Got to get a Billy Huso in there, or hey, who knows? We we completely forgot, and he's still on the team, and maybe he can actually make a splash as uh, Mr. Malcolm Subban. He good. He very well could. So. Get me to a game where Malcolm Subban's singing the anthem and then he just pulls the mask on and just lights it up for a 50 wow. safe shutout. Wow. Get me in the that, building for that. That would be electric. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, until then, we will sign off till next week. Great interview. Thanks again to Jace Howerluck for coming on. Hope you all enjoyed that one. Uh, quick shout out for me. Family friend of mine, Ella. Shout out to you. Female athlete of the year, Ella Lewis. High School Female Athlete of the Year, The Daily News, Lindenville. Hell yeah. Wanted to give her a shout out. Cool honor. Love to hear that. Multi-sports stud. So, hello. Two, Great three. job. Two or three. Uh, let's see. Soccer, softball, basketball. That'd be three. Three-sport athlete. Yeah. Stud. Way to go. Yep. All right, everybody. That's it for us. Thanks so much for joining. We'll be back next week for episode 69 of Just Dishing It. Have a great rest of the week. Tune into draft night. Let's go. Everyone enjoy the summer. It's been a pleasure. Derek, thanks for filling in for Tudes. As always. He's the man. He's the Swiss Army Knife, Derek Hoskins. <laughs> I am Ben Madaffrey signing off. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you.